You're listening to the 98th episode of Two Views Movies podcast on the 2019 remake of Child's Play, sponsored by Blue Springs 8 Theaters. Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies Podcast, a spoiler-filled podcast from Kansas City, Missouri, by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And we've got the 2019 remake slash reboot of Child's Play today. Yes, with Mark Hamill. Yeah. You're giving him top billing on this? I'm giving him top billing. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I think when I went to Letterboxd, they actually gave him top billing as well. Well, I think him as as Chucky was kind of the appeal. You hoped for a, a Joker laugh in there, I think. <laughs> they didn't announce that he was involved until just like March of this year. I thought that I was weird. If that was a late ad. I mean, yeah, you don't really need a voice for Chucky until the very end. And I don't know, maybe they were trying to get old, old Luke Skywalker in on this whole time and he finally caved. <laughs> well, it was a good choice by him. I think that was shining moment of the movie. Hmm. Okay, that's that's interesting. I, I'm excited to get into that because I I tend to disagree, but let's uh, we'll save that for the, the rest of the episode. All right, so let's get going. This week's episode is sponsored by the Blue Springs Eight, owned by Miller Theaters. The Blue Springs Eight now features six theaters with luxury recliners that allow you to enjoy the movie in full comfort. All throughout the summer, your family can enjoy the Kids Show Summer Series, where every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 10 a.m. and 12.30 p.m., you can catch a family-friendly movie for only $2.50 per ticket. And if you're looking for something more on the adult side, the Blue Springs 8 has also rolled out their summer bar menu full of amazing cocktails that you can get at the lounge in the lobby. Be sure to check them out and reserve your seats at bluespringsaitheater.com. So thank you again to the Blue Springs 8 for their continued sponsorship of the show. And while we're here, we've got some, some other show news we need to talk about. Yeah, about the about the pitch. So there's a local KC publication called The Pitch, and they're holding their annual Best of Kansas City competition this year, and you can nominate Two Views Movies for Best Local Podcast. All you need to do is head over to www.thepitchkc.com slash bestofkc19. You can click Arts and Entertainment, and then write in Two Views Movies as your nomination for Best Local Podcast. There's no need to live in Kansas City to do this, so if you're a listener and haven't nominated us already, head over to The Pitch and get that nomination in. We'll also have a link to the pitch in our show notes so that when you're listening to the episode, you can just scroll down, tap or click there, and it'll take you right to the nomination page where you can get us in. What else do we have going on? Uh, big thing coming up. 100th episode is coming up. Oh, yeah. That's next week. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be dropping that on July 4th, which means that we'll probably be recording it next weekend. So if you want to get us some questions in, you have about a week left to do that. If you've been listening to us, we're going to do... A couple of things in that episode, right? We're going to do a, probably our best of 2019 so far, movie-wise, but then the rest of the show is going to be a mailbag. We've got some some very good questions. I just ran through the list uh, before the show, and it's going to take some some prep time for sure. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're making us do our homework. Some of it movie-related, some of it not, which is always fun. And that's the big thing. We'll answer anything. If you haven't submitted your questions yet, make sure to try to get in by, uh, I don't know, let's say like June 28th so that we can answer those. We'll read them on air. We'll answer them as well. 
If you have sent in questions, thank you very much. We've got them and we are <laughs> trying to, our best to come up with some great answers for you. If you want to submit questions, you can do it via social media or email. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Two Views Movies. So you can send us a message or a DM that way, or you can email us at twoviewsmovies at gmail.com. Feels like a lot of house cleaning stuff so far. It is. It is. It's a busy month. Yeah, we, we do have a busy month coming up. I think we're going to have a, a one and possibly two more episodes than what we normally do. So should be a, a fun July. Lots of good movies. I feel like I've been in a stretch of some weird things. I, I snuck in a Rocket Man, which was good. But other than that, I feel like I've been kind of mediocre on my movies for some reason. A lot of potentially good movies. Yes, exactly. Well, <laughs> having said that, are we ready to get into this? Yes, Child's Play. All right, let's go with Child's Play. So, nice and short letterbox blurb for us this time around. More than a toy, he's your best friend. The story follows a mother named Karen who gives her son Andy a toy doll for his birthday, unaware of its sinister nature. Directed by Lars Klevberg, which I think this is his feature film debut. It looks like he had done a couple of short stories, short films, one of which looks like it's turning into a, a feature film later this year called Polaroid, but... So far, I think this is Lars' old first uh, first go at it. The cast, like we mentioned already, Mark Hamill doing the voice of Chucky. And then you have Aubrey Plaza, Brian Tyree Henry, and Gabriel Bateman, who I have not seen anything until now, but he plays Andy. So, all that out of the way, I think we're finally ready to go. What uh, I, I, I think the first thing I wanted to ask you is, have you seen all the Child's Plays? Just one, some of them? What's your background? Um, I have seen through Bride of Chucky. And I think there's like two more after that. I did not look wow. that up. I know he okay. has he has a kid in the next one. And then like, like <laughs> Is that Chucky the seed lives of Chucky? Or, or something. Yeah, Seed of Chucky. I've not seen Seed of Chucky. Uh, Such Bride a gross of, name. Bride of Chucky was um, definitely a turn. I mean, maybe they all were. Uh, before that, I just didn't truly notice at the time, but it was definitely a turn in the series of this is getting weird. And yeah, I mean, okay, so I have never seen a child's play all the way through in a single sitting, but I feel really? like I've seen, yeah, but I feel like I've seen a lot of them in bits and pieces and probably several of the films as a whole, just not in one sitting. And I, I don't know why. So I, I'm familiar enough with the movie I've probably seen. Like I said, at least three of them piecemealed together. So I, I kind of feel like I never saw some of the later ones like Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky. But I feel like that was the only way to go with them because the, the concept is so crazy that it only could have worked in the 80s. You know, a, a murderer's soul is voodoo dolled into a Chucky doll. Like at some point, you just have to go completely over the top with it. And I think in the beginning, it's it's definitely over the top, but it only has one direction it can go. It can't get more serious. It has to get more and more crazy. Well, and and as you did that, apparently, I, I've missed a few. There goes Seed of Chucky, Curse of Chucky, and then Cult of Chucky. So I've not seen, seen three of them. Wow. And so that was Child's Play 1, 2, and 3 I've seen. And then it gets then it gets real real weird. I thought after uh, Bride of Chucky, but or starting with Bride of Chucky, so maybe I'll pick those up and uh, and, and view those, but maybe not. But Cult like you of mentioned, Chucky came out in 2017. Yeah, yeah. What? They were just two years removed from Cult of Chucky before they uh, decided to reboot. <laughs> so I think it's fair to say though that uh, 
our perspective on this movie, neither you or I are huge horror movie people, right? Not huge, no. Well, I mean, I say huge in the sense that like we watch a lot of movies, we will watch horror movies, we enjoy some horror movies, but there's a very much a, a dedicated like super subsection of the movie community that just loves and lives and breathes horror movies. And we, I would not say that we are in that Venn diagram. No, that, that's, that's not us. We'll, we'll go see the ones that are projected to be good. Right. <laughs> or nostalgic. We'll, right. We'll put that there too. Sure, sure. I, and I guess the other part of that is like a lot of people find horror movies to be their thing. I guess like what Kung Fu slash martial arts movies are to me, uh, that's what horror movies are to other people. And we just don't come at it from that angle. We are probably more of your traditional, it, when it comes to horror movies, we're probably more your traditional generic audience people where we've seen a lot, we know a lot, but it's not necessarily our thing, I guess is what I would say. Yeah. And, and I'm going to go back to your your mention of the plot of the previous ones was the serial killer soul gets put into a doll and that's why he's weird you know yeah and oh that's why it comes to life if you mm -hmm. will um and they take a really different angle in this movie of they just go straight evil robot yep you know instead of having any sort of connection to the charles lee ray you know right i thought that part of his obsession with Andy was to get his soul into a human body again because he didn't want to be a doll. But that was the only way that he was going to survive the, the mortal wounds he suffered at the hands of a cop, <laughs> you know? And so it, that was just a really different type of plot line. And, and they left that for a generic uh, evil robot story. Mm -hmm. and, yep. and I think that's where it missed. I mean, I know it's, when you look at this child's play movie, you can do a lot more when you're connected to Wi-Fi and sure it makes you afraid of all of your Wi-Fi toys and maybe they're just trying to update it to modern society. But getting away from the supernatural element of it, I, I think was a mistake. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. And, and my point with all that would be that I kind of touched on it when we were talking about how crazy the sequels to this movie got. I feel like you have to go, you know, balls out on a movie like this, right? Like you have to you have to commit. There's no way you can make a story about an evil doll at least in 2019 feel grounded in any kind of way. Like the best way to go about this is just be so absurd with it. And part of that absurdity would be keeping the whole soul swapping aspect of this via voodoo instead of going the AI route where a rogue programmer in Vietnam, you know, takes off all the inhibitors and now we're back into a, you know, Terminator Judgment Day robot apocalypse type scenario where you're right. It takes away some of that campiness. It takes away some of the, what is Chucky's motivation other than just being bad? I, I get in this movie, it's all about, he, he just wants to be Andy's friend. Like he, that's really his motivation, I guess. But yeah, it, it took something away from the movie to do that. And, and I agree with you too, that it, at least they used it well at some points throughout the movie where, you know, there's this, I, I'm not one for getting into what is the social commentary that a movie does, unless it really, you know, stresses that kind of like us and a few movies like that. Beat you over the head with Yeah, that. exactly. Yeah. So I, I don't really want to go into a Chucky movie and write a thesis on what the social commentary is on all of technology and how we're all tied to that and slaves to our phones and everything. So I, I'm not going to do that, but at least they used the robot AI in some cool ways. But I guess the, the value that you get from that is not worth leaving the, the voodoo doll storyline to me. 
And coming back to your, we don't see all these horror movies like a lot of people do. Um, Annabelle came out also this month, mm-hmm. and is I don't know how much of a possession story that is because all their marketing is a doll, you know. <laughs> yes, and, and I don't know if Annabelle actually gets up and and runs around. Um, I know it disappears in some of the trailers, and this, and that was from The Conjuring, right? Yes, I believe so. Is that? No, I've seen The Conjuring, but then Annabelle's like the spinoff of this evil, mm-hmm. evil doll. Um, I don't know how well that parallels to Child's Play, um, but that's the only thing I can think of that even came close to doing this sort of thing to Child's yeah. Play. Mm-hmm. And I just think it missed missed the mark in a different slasher horror movie way of you keep the soul of a serial killer um, with the voice of Mark Hamill. And uh, and I just think that it could have gone a direction and uh, that most movies aren't instead of this generic evil robot thing. And I just ca- I couldn't help but thinking of the uh, the Simpsons Halloween special uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> when uh, they make fun of Child's Play, you know, and they had the Krusty doll. And then yes. the end, and at the end, the guy comes in and he goes, "Oh, this doll's been set to evil," you know. Yep. And it's <laughs> like that's basically all that this was. Yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> spot on. It's exactly what it is. Okay, so something else that kind of popped in my head throughout this whole movie, are you supposed to feel somewhat sympathetic towards Chucky in this movie? Because I feel like that's kind of the route this somewhat takes you, not intentionally. I don't think the movie intentionally does this, but like there's a subtext of it's just an AI who had all its inhibitors taken off, and all he wants to do is make Andy happy and be friends with Andy and he doesn't understand that you're not supposed to go around killing people to do that. In fact, the first time he almost kills something, I think, is the cat. And he's just trying to do that because Andy was mad at the cat and said he didn't want it around. And then the second time he tries to, to kill something, it's because he sees them watching a horror movie on TV and they're laughing at it. So he thinks that killing makes them laugh. So it's like he doesn't understand. So I found myself being like, why? You know, why? If you really sit down and think about it, it's not Chucky's fault. But that goes away, right? If you have a serial killer soul that's been transferred, instead you got this AI that's trying to learn. Like, am I supposed to feel bad for Chucky? Yeah, yeah. If you have the serial killer in in there, then he's just playing a role until he can steal Andy's soul, right? You know, and so he's trying, and and that's part of what Child's Play One is about: is he acts like a doll when everybody else is around, but you know, he comes comes to life just for Andy. You know, and makes Andy look like a liar. Um, mm-hmm. While while here, when he was trying to tell the story to his mom, she was having none of it, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was a sort of believable story in this one, but not in the other one. Yeah, right. And I know you and I have probably the same issue with this: is that Andy was too old. Uh, oh yes. In this, and while you don't believe maybe a six-year-old kid saying my dolls come to life, but uh, a teenager. Um, <laughs> Talking yeah. about the the AI, you might sit down and actually listen to him for a second, right? Yeah, if you if you know you've got this doll that has AI infused in it and can control all these things, you already know it's capable of walking. You know it can, you know, you know it's a almost essentially a living thing in a way. Like, why is it so hard to believe that something like that could not go wrong? Right? Like, I'm pretty sure if I bought this for my 13 year old. And it was like, hey, uh, it tried to just choke the dog and be like, yeah, maybe some programming went wrong in that. I think we should probably take a look at that. Well, um, when it comes to the programming and you take off the violence and language inhibitors 
Um, but you also actively turn his eyes red. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, like, giveaway. Oh, like why are the uh like what makes it go red if it goes into these particular like why why even have red lights in the eyes? Right. Unless it's like the Xbox, you know. Red Ring of Death. <laughs> the Ring of Death. Yeah. Yes. No, I uh, <laughs> clearly that that doesn't work from a actual story standpoint. It's purely there for the audience sake to get some kind of reaction to it. But yeah, I, I agree with that. And really, I don't think his eyes went red very often. It like had, no, had a not, glimpse not. of red, but not just all red. Yeah. I, yeah, it did a little bit towards the end. Um, there's a lot of moments in the beginning where it flickers back and forth. But yeah, it's just a, a generic way to let the audience know that it's a it's about to go evil, you know. But I do want to go back to the whole 13-year-old thing because I, I had a huge problem with that because, one, like you mentioned, is it really believable that a 13-year-old would just start hanging out with a doll? And, and I get that they try to address this a little bit by, you know, they've just moved, he doesn't have a lot of friends, he's kind of a loner. You know, it's even kind of awkward when his mom gives him the doll at first because he's like, really, a, a doll? Yeah, because he said these are for kids. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously with all the smart features that it has, you know, a 13-year-old might actually be okay with hanging out with a doll like that because of all the stuff it can do. But story-wise, it's just so hard to watch as an audience. You're like, really? I mean, you're supposed to be having me believe that a 13-year-old and this doll have the same relationship? Whereas in the first child's play, he's like six or seven or something like that. And that's far more believable than this. And it just, it kind of kept taking me out of it. Like, really? This, this kid's... Yeah, at least his friends... You know, we're using the dolls like you think a 13-year-old and trying to make it do stuff it shouldn't, you know. Right. And so maybe that's an older brother group, you know, that, that that's doing that opposed to or, or older friends, but not peers. Right. You know, and it just kind of took took that piece away from it. Yeah. And so the other thing I, the other reason I had a problem with it is more of a story perspective. So setting aside a 13-year-old playing with a doll, I mean, it's whatever at that point. But I felt like it created this weird problem with the story where he's 13 and he's got these group of friends that he's just forming or whatever. And then you have the adults, which is his mom, Aubrey Plaza. And then really the only other adult worth mentioning in the movie is Brian Tyree Henry, who plays the, the cop down down the hall. But I felt like by making him 13, it's like this really weird area of if he had been six or seven you you can't really focus a whole lot of the movie on the six or seven year old you have to skew a little bit more towards the adults and then it's it's the kid just trying to make them believe what's happening but when he's 13 and you have these group of friends it's like torn between whether you want to focus on the group of 13 year olds and sort of like a a stranger things type vibe which i don't think it did but i think you could see that potentially happening like especially later in the movie when it looks like they're all going to gang up and go fight Chucky in the toy store right? versus uh, versus the adult. So I kind of wish they had, like if they were going to go 13-year-old, I kind of wish they had made it more of the Stranger Things type route where it leads towards this you know, 80s, Goonies, Monster Squad type vibe where the kids end up going to fight Chucky. But it's it just always lands in this really weird space of, well, we got to kind of follow the 13-year-old and his friends and what he's dealing with, but we kind of also have to have the parents there. I just, I wish they committed one way or the other. No, I agree. I agree completely. And uh, at the uh, the super center, I thought it was going to be uh, you know everybody grab a weapon and us us group of kids fight them. Instead, they they ran away. Yeah, you know, he, which, he locked, which, Andy which locked you would up. you would like to play you know movie logic of of course you would run away. 
right you know, <laughs> you know but they all pick up weapons and you think that that's going to go go down in the in the fighting side but um but you're right you're spot on with that yeah i distinctly remember because i was kind of just okay on the movie and then when it got to that point where i thought they were going to battle it out as kids versus chucky i was like oh man they should have just it kind of a light bulb went off in my head like they should have done this the whole movie because i didn't really feel like they used aubrey plaza or brian tyree henry enough to warrant having cast them in this movie um i like both of them and i thought they were fine in the movie but they're just kind of in limbo so it made me think there at the end like man maybe we should have just gone the whole stranger things route with it this whole time and had it been almost entirely focused on the kids and then the the parents are there but instead like i said it's just it felt to me like it was in limbo either want more aubrey plaza and brian tyree henry or i want um very i guess little of them to compliment but then you got to skew more towards the kids i felt like this just landed in a gray area when it came to that yeah because if you make them but even if you make them younger kids in fighting back, you could have Chucky possess their dolls, if you will, mm-hmm. you know. And so there's that. You were my friend, and now I'm fighting you also, right? Yeah. You know, so each of them had a different doll, but here is just the random dolls in the store, and everything yep. in the store. Can all the all the? <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I don't get. So okay, going going back to just this this technology of controlling everything. Don't you think that it wouldn't be a a doll that would do everything? What do you mean? Well, he's connected to everything in the house. Yeah. And he's a walking, talking robot. Right. And the first thing that they decide to put it into is a a kid's toy. (laughs) Sure. I, I got the impression that there's an AI software that, they probably have somewhere else, but they, they put it into the doll. Um, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> that That's a severely questionable decision. If that's your first attempt at AI and you're putting it in a kid's doll and right. it can control everything. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're basically giving your kid the power to control everything. Yeah. And what gave this this doll the power to control the other dolls? Well, like, I that interpreted the that. Inhibitors. <laughs> I guess the way I took that to be is that eventually, like every other AI, whether it's Ultron or Skynet or whatever, it eventually becomes powerful enough to understand how to take, you know, control the AIs and other machines. So it would have figured out how to, like a virus, spread itself to other machines. I mean, he just took off his language and violence barrier. Yeah. That, that allows him to be a learning computer. Well, it was always an AI. Right. Is what but, but wouldn't was. the other ones be as well? Yes. I, I kind of took the whole reprogram the doll. I know they explicitly showed like violence inhibitor and language inhibitor, but I assumed it basically just took off all safeguards so that it could run free and be like an actual ever-growing AI. And then once it started expanding and learning everything, it was able to figure out how to take over others. So it has the ability to be Skynet, yet we, we put a blocker on there so it can't. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then put it in a kid's I mean, toy. <laughs> well, sure. Isn't that how all movies go? I mean, there, there's this one thing in there that, you know, it's kind of it's kind of like the... Uh, well, we built it. We just don't want him to use it. <laughs> right. Well, it's like the inverse RoboCop, right? Like, he's got the rule, the rules that say what he can't do. Uh, and then once those are turned off or whatever, he can go nuts. And it's like what happens here in Chucky. You know, once you take those safeguards off, anything goes. Oh, I get that. But not being able to take over the... Everything. So basically, Chucky's in the cloud now, right? Yeah, I mean that. Yes. 
I mean, I guess he's in the doll on the shelf, but he's essentially in the cloud. You're talking about what they're setting up for the end sequels? Yeah. 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 I mean, again, I kind of am okay with this movie in the sense that they don't over-explain any of that, which I think is funny because it's like they know that this subject matter, this whole AI angle has been so worn through in other movies that they're like, yeah, we don't really need to explain much of anything. Like, people understand that devices are connected and that once they're connected, you know, everything's connected. So then in the end, when they show the red eyes and the new Chucky box, like nobody really questions how that happened. It's not like somebody needed to take a USB drive and upload them. I think they take for granted that the audience is like, yeah, okay, we get it. He's in the cloud. He can transfer to some other things. Sequel. Let's go. So did you get why they were doing all the drop-ins of random movies and pop culture things? Uh, Like what? Well, like the, the police car quoting RoboCop, the the glowing oh. T finger, <laughs> the I mean I get why they did the the blonde Chucky for a nod to Gruden. But right. you know, but there's like a bunch of those things like is E. T. connected to this world at all? You know, and then why Robocop? Robocop's not a, a horror movie. I there's just I a, bu- th- a bunch of things in there and I'm like and I was like, cool, because I noticed it, but why in Chucky? Yeah, I honestly think it was just trying to be tongue in cheek and be sort of like self-referential to the point where it knows what kind of world it lives in sort of thing. In terms of when I say that, I mean like Chucky is an 80s movie and the other 80s movies of that era. And there's a lot of things in this movie where it's futuristic, but like the clock is 80s old school clock and some of the clothes are and some of the cars are kind of throwback. So I think it's just trying to be tongue-in-cheek but it just doesn't fully commit to that and i I don't know why i honestly think they're just like let's just do whatever because it's a chucky movie yeah i mean it seems like whatever i mean it's not like they were referencing you know nightmare on elm street or even right jason or you know other slasher type movies like that that would have kind of made sense you know if chucky put a hockey mask on or something like mm-hmm. that you know kind of playing to its genre but this just seemed to hop from reference to reference just because I think the director yeah. just like, oh, I really liked RoboCop, so I'm going to put put that in there. I was like, wait, why? All of a sudden, it's using movie quotes. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't get it. Yeah, I, honestly, I don't think there's anything to get other than it was just trying to have some fun. Uh, I mean, why? You know, why have him stab a unicorn and say this is for Tupac? I get because right. that's what one of the kids said earlier, but I think that's what I mean. Like my whole summary of this movie is essentially like it could have been way more campy than what it was. And there are times where it tries to be like with the RoboCop stuff and the Tupac stuff. And there's a few other lines that Chucky has. And obviously the gore is so over the top and stuff that it's funny in that regards, but it's like, it doesn't fully commit to it. There's half of a movie that's just generic beat for beat horror movies. And then there's times where it tries to have silly fun. And I just kind of wish it had gone all out and try to be silly fun the whole time. Well, it's you going back to, you mentioned Chucky being sympathetic the the first two kills that he has, you're almost rooting for Chucky to kill these people. Yep. You know, because you have uh, the boyfriend who looks like a young old James Caan. <laughs> a young old it's A like, young old James Caan? Yeah, like a young James Caan who looks old when he's young. That, that's, <laughs> that's what he looked like to me. That's an incredible description. <laughs> and... He, uh, and so he has another family. He's been cheating on his wife. You know, he's been threatening and pushing Andy, you know, so you kind of like, yeah, this guy dies good, mm-hmm. you know, type of thing. And so then the next guy is 
the the janitor who's been spying on everybody creepy you mm-hmm. know perverted janitor and you're like okay well uh, watching you know andy's mom in the shower and you know things like that and you're like okay you're talking you about of, uh you're talking about overweight jack black right yes 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 <laughs> not, not that jack black's not overweight but a bigger jack black even, like, even just like him more obese jack black yes yes he uh uh <laughs> he gets and you're kind of rooting for him to die too yeah and then so there comes a part where uh the cop's mom is in the car and she gets in the car wreck and you're like okay they're not they're really going for this she's gonna survive thing because like again make chucky sympathetic i didn't think they were gonna kill her to be honest mm-hmm. and i didn't either and then chucky jumps and stabs her he got in the car somehow yeah but the whole uh, the whole time he was messing with her i was like i don't think he's gonna kill her because they're everybody so far has been you've been rooting for him to kill her and she was the first one that died that he didn't have so i felt like there's kind of a disconnect in the storytelling is why did we have to make the janitor a, a creepy janitor right you know, type of thing. Sure, the boyfriend deserves it for hitting Andy and, you know, so the mom's not torn up about it so much about him mm-hmm. dying. But it just seemed like, again, they were trying to link, oh, well, well, let's root for Chucky in this movie. Yeah, and I think that was, yeah, it's the writing because they were trying to make it in the beginning at least that he's just trying to win Andy's affection. So he kills the cat because... The cat pissed Andy off, and then he killed. He was an evil cat, you know. It 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 even started <laughs> yeah. with a cat. The cat scratched Andy, and he always called him. Uh, is it the cat's an asshole or something like that? Something like that, yeah. And and he scratched Andy. And you're like, okay, well, that cat was evil. So uh, again, I'm on Chucky's side here, right? Yeah, and I think that they wanted it to be like that, and then I think the turning point was once Andy throws him out, and the janitor finds him, and then the janitor kill was more about revenge because the janitor had, you know was going to part him out for stuff and did you feel iron man there a little bit yeah because it had the the chest contraption that pops out in glowing blue so yeah and the car battery Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and and everything that that piece together but yeah yeah is it and then he was supposed to be yeah Uh, so there's a bunch of things that now that you're you're saying i'm remembering all the references but to again other stuff that that's weird to reference (laughs) sure i mean i'm sure some of that might just be um homages as opposed to like something that's supposed to be a direct reference now the robocop one is a clear direct reference the iron right. man thing is probably more just like yeah okay if we're gonna have his chest pop up with batteries let's just make it look like iron man because why not put an arc reactor in this this robot <laughs> right <laughs> so acting wise did what do you have any thoughts on i mean the only three i really care about in this movie are aubrey plaza and brian tyree henry and and the kid gabriel bateman any thoughts on those guys um uh, i didn't have any any complaints with any of the acting of those three? Uh, just that he, the kid, the kid did a fine job. Just too old for this part, uh, mm-hmm. and and that's that'd be the only reason why I would I would recast him. Yeah, um, it's because I don't think it, it fits for this movie. I agree. That he didn't really do much to uh, break out of the typical child actor role, but he wasn't near as annoying as most child actors can get in movies like this. So I was just sort of fine. He went through a phase early in the movie where he just drooled a lot. Like it was almost like anytime he yelled or screamed, he was just drooling. I was like, okay, well, I guess that's your thing. But did the hearing aid throw you off at all? Did you think that was some sort of rewrite? Um, no, I just, why did they focus so much on the hearing aid? And then I never actually use anything about it or him be, you know, affected by not having it. 
Yeah, the only thing that I got was that later it's used for Chucky to talk directly to him where nobody else can hear him. Even though that was it. he was announcing to the whole... Yeah. No, it, but to your point, it, it wasn't like a quiet place where there's a, a moment where the hearing aid becomes a huge factor and a, a plot point that helps get out of everything. It just it just kind of was. They just made him hard of hearing for some reason. So Yeah, and I didn't think it'd be... I hope that they wouldn't make it to get you know make it a a reason to solve the problem but maybe to keep andy you know not being able to tell where chucky is because he couldn't hear him type of thing Mm -hmm. make it even scarier for him but they i felt like they kept focusing on the hearing aid but they never did anything with it which i'm fine with i mean it's it's kind of oddly refreshing in a way to have a character that has a you know disability like that where you can't hear and it doesn't have to be something that's central to the plot or anything that comes back up later so but no it's not that but they just kept zooming in on it as it as if it was a thing yeah i mean he does get it knocked off at at one point in the store but it's not like anything happens because then he immediately picks it back up so i agree with you there's there's definitely an effort i wonder if maybe something got rewritten or edited out because they do definitely hone in on some shots on it but don't really bring that around to any kind of conclusion or why they would be honing in on it so much. I don't know. I, I was just waiting for something because they yeah. just kept making it a, a, a point to, to zoom in. And it's mm-hmm. not you know, just a reference because sure you'd reference if you dropped it or, or, or missing it or whatnot, or even that he couldn't hear without it very well. They didn't even do anything with that side, but they, especially at the end, they just kept zooming in on it and it's, it's like, okay, something's going to come into play here. Nope, wrong. They they threw you for a loop. They kept you on your toes. <laughs> they did. They did. They're dropping clues that mean nothing. All <laughs> right. So you mentioned this earlier, and before we hit it into our questions, I, we got to circle back around to this. So I'm going to lump the Mark Hamill voice discussion in with the overall Chucky design discussion. So let, let's let me hear your thoughts on that because I have some thoughts too. Um, the overall design I hated in the trailers. Um, it wasn't terrible in the movie except when they did the CGI stuff. Uh, there's some some scenes that were were blatantly computer generated and not the puppeteer, mm-hmm. and, and that was kind of cringy uh, at those points. I'm guessing you could have full motion robot if you're making them walk around and stuff. So okay, I'd prefer just the the doll, the plastic doll face from the first one. Mm-hmm. And then Mark Hamill, um, I, I like that it was Mark Hamill only because I like Mark Hamill, but I don't think he, I don't think he made it really his own, if you will. I think mm-hmm. he was just Mark Hamill's voice. Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty much in line with you there. I, I would say that the doll design bothered me a lot more probably than it bothered you. Um, that'd probably be our biggest difference there because there wasn't a single scene in this whole movie where I wasn't bothered by the design. In fact, there was like, one scene where they show him in the shadows and the way the light's hitting him was like, ooh, that's the first time I actually think it looks okay. But every other scene, I was just not feeling the design of Chucky at all. I don't, and I don't really know why. It's not like I have this, you know, affinity for the original doll design. It's just every time I saw this doll on screen, I just didn't like the way it looked. I mean, it's a preference thing. No, but I, I, I'm, I'm there with you. It. I mean, I, I didn't like the way it looked. Uh, I was more okay with it as it went on, but I just because you know, it's like get over it, Carson. But I did not, <laughs> I did not, uh, I didn't enjoy this interpretation of his face. No, 
Yeah, and, and I'm with you. I, I definitely prefer the practical effects, so I'm thankful that they went that route. The CGI, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't the best, but it wasn't the worst when they used it. But I'm glad it seemed like, for the most part, they skewed towards practical, which I'm thankful for. I think part of my problem is that the doll design, it always looked creepy to me. Even when it's not supposed to look creepy, it looked creepy. Whereas in the original Child's Play, it looks like a friendly doll that you'd go buy off a shelf. If my kids asked for one of the new Chuckies, I'd be like, no, that thing looks creepy. I'm not buying you that. And not, But that's when it's supposed to look nice, you know? Like, There's right. never a moment where I looked at the new Chucky doll and was like, there's not something like... I can tell you're wanting to kill me under those eyes, whereas the original <laughs> one didn't do that. I, I kind of likened it to... Like the, it, I called it the uncanny valley of murderous dolls, which I don't know if you're familiar with the uncanny valley, but it's when something resembles a human being, but it's just off. It makes people feel like really uneasy or repulsed. And the last time I remember this coming up was with the man or not man of steel, the, the justice league mustache that because Henry Cavill looked so close to being fully human, but the mustache made him look kind of off to the point where you're you, you feel uneasy about it. You're like, wait, what? What? What is wrong? Why can't the I put my finger on of the in? mustache? Yeah. Yes. It, yeah. Exactly. So that's what I felt with with Chucky. I was like, I, I know it's supposed to look like a doll, but it it kind of doesn't in the sense that it's so damn creepy that I can't. It, it just made it bothered me every scene, the whole movie. I was just like, God, this design is killing me. And then I think that that for me folded into Mark Hamill's voice because between the design and the lines that they gave Mark Hamill. In the beginning of the movie, at least building up, it was like the doll had no personality at all. And I get that it's originally like an AI that's not going to have a lot of personality and it develops a personality as it goes. But I kind of wish I hadn't known this was Mark Hamill because I think I went in expecting like a really, really great voice and a great performance. And I feel like... Or a Joker laugh. Yeah, yeah, that too. (laughs) But to no fault of Mark Hamill's, I just feel like between the design of the doll and the writing that they did for the doll, there just wasn't a lot of window for him to make it his own until maybe like the last five or 10 minutes. And then in the credits, when he sang that song, I thought that was super creepy. I don't know if you stuck around for that, but it's just too little too late at that point. And I, I wish I hadn't known that was Mark Hamill until the end. Cause I think it got in my head about, Oh, this is going to be great. At least if I don't like the doll design, I'm going to love the, the voice work being done here. And I just walked away being like, no, nah, okay, fine. So Chucky laughs, you know, maniacally mm-hmm. because he's a serial killer, but I, I didn't hear because I was waiting for how he was going to do a laugh because it's it's got to be hard for Mark Hamill, you know, because you have to do a maniacal laugh, but you can't make it sound like the Joker, you know, <laughs> yeah. and so you have to come up with something else, which I don't know how you do that uh, and not make it sound like the Joker. But I was waiting for that and he never he never did anything like that. Yeah. And I think that's what I mean by it, it'd be totally different if they were giving Mark Hamill the character of a a murderous doll who is the soul of a serial killer. Right. Versus giving Mark Hamill the character of a murderous doll that's an AI, that's a robot that's trying to learn. I mean, by default, it's almost like it has no personality. Right. Right. Very little to work with. Yep. That's how I feel. All right. I think I'm running out of things to say on Child's Play. What about you? I am running out of things to say. All right. Let's get to it then. I am Thor, son of Odin. As long as there is life in my breast, I... I'm running out of things to say. Are you ready? What's your rating? I ended up giving it two and a half. Um, I think it's better than I left the theater with. I think I was holding on to too much of what Chucky was 
but in the end, I think it turned into more of a generic evil robot um, story. So yeah. it's kind of average middle of the road horror movie. Mm-hmm. So were you skewing more towards a two at first, and then you came up to two and a half? Uh, I mean, I I could go either way, um, but in the again in the horror genre, it's easier to get to average than uh, a normal type movie. Yeah, I don't even really need to repeat much of what you just said or what I've said throughout the whole episode because I'm also at a two and a half, and it's for everything I've said before, and pretty much I would just be echoing what you just said. So we were pretty much in lockstep on this one. So what was your favorite moment? I don't know. I didn't really have one that stood out to me, which is kind of part of the problem with this movie. I I will say I'm going to go with the moment that I thought was the creepiest, which was when... Andy's laying in bed asleep and Chucky's in the corner and this is really before Chucky has gone full evil but he's he's killed the cat already but he just starts playing the dying cat noises out of the audio uh, <laughs> that he has yeah uh, I thought that was super creepy so I, I kind of I think that's my favorite moment uh, I also went with my creepiest moment was when uh, we saw the faces on the watermelon and, <laughs> yeah. and, and I was like we didn't really talk about that and I was like that's uh that's a little bit more than I thought this movie would go. <laughs> yeah, that first human kill is really aggressive with the the rotary tiller tearing up the guy's skull and then but Chucky somehow able to get the the face off and the whole the whole face off on the watermelon then he gives it to a gift like that, that whole thing is just so bizarre that it's it's funny and that's the kind of stuff I wanted more of like it was so over the top that 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 could have worked throughout the whole movie. Yeah, I, I don't know if I agree with that. I just like about the passing the the gift wrap and and all that. Cause, I mean, it was gross when he put his hands on it. You know, it kind of squished. You know, you know that <laughs> right. that that it's that guy's face. Um, yeah, but it's uh just the reveal of that. I mean, he just he stapled his face to a watermelon and put it in his room. <laughs> right. It's really freaking creepy. Right. <laughs> yes, it is. All right, what's one thing you would change? I'd make him supernatural. You know, I, I want the soul mm-hmm. of a serial killer in uh, inside Chucky. Uh, I don't. I don't want this robot garbage. Yeah, I, I will not disagree with you at all on that. I, I did go a different angle. I said just change the way the doll looks because I think that would have fed into a little bit more of my enjoyment. Maybe I don't know that it would have affected Hamill's voice work as much as what your suggestion would have been, but I could have tolerated the AI stuff. But the doll just, it kind of took me out of every scene. I just didn't like the way it looked and that that bothered me. So I I would, if anything, I think I would have gotten a little bit more of a lift if they had just changed the way it looked. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think that would have, that would have helped. What about your casting change? What'd you do? All right. So this is going to be a little bit of a cop out. So we've talked about this. (laughs) It's only half of a cop out. So I don't get the full wah wah yet. Okay. I'm saying that the kid should not have been 13 you need to recast him back down to like six or seven what he was in the original but i don't know a lot of six or seven year old actors uh most of the people that i think of uh, as younger actors have already grown up a little bit and honestly i feel like if you're casting a six or seven year old it doesn't need to be somebody that you know because what's the likelihood that you know somebody so i'm saying that guy needs to get recast but i can't give you an option as to who i am just saying take any six or seven year old actor and put them in there and diminish that role a little bit yeah uh i went the same the same route uh so I, I was replacing andy and the only actor that i could come up with was jeremy mcguire uh he's a kid from modern family uh who's still a kid 
Okay. And so I I was going to put him in there until I realized that uh, Brad Dorif, who played the voice of Chucky, was nowhere to be found in this. And I thought he should be the owner of the company. That's on the screen. Oh, oh, okay, okay. The previous Chucky voice. Charles Lee okay. Ray. He should be... I thought he should have been in this, and so I made him uh, the owner of the company. Do we know that guy? Do we know what guy? So Brad Dorif, whoever you're saying did the voice of the original Child's Play, is he an actor that we he is, know? He is an actor, yes. Okay. And he is in the first Child's Play, obviously before he turns into Chucky. Uh, he's been in some stuff. He's been in a lot of stuff, actually. You, you recognize him. Okay. Uh, I'm looking him up right now. He does have a, a face that that looks familiar to me. It looks like he was in Deadwood. Um, what else has he been He was in, in Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Mm. He was okay. the, the guy who burns himself, I believe. Okay. So we do... He can be on, on the uh, the screen talking about Chucky for two and a half minutes. <laughs> Not even sure. that. Probably 15 seconds. Yeah, so yours isn't really a uh Mine's a, a fan service. Mine's a fan service yeah. nod. Yeah, that's fine. And maybe he's mad that they uh replaced his voice, but at least, you know, put him in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. I mean, there's a there's a lot of random references here and there, so why not, you know, reward the guy who did the original Chucky voice? I'm cool with that. I mean, it's an inconsequential role, you know, but why why yeah. not put him up there as the owner of the company that makes these dolls that are evil? You know, it's Charles Lee Ray, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> I get it. Uh, what award are you giving this movie? <laughs> so I gave this movie the best marketing campaign movie. Really? I, and, and I'll stick with of the year. Um, the marketing campaign behind this, I thought was hilariously clever. Releasing on the first or on the same weekend as Toy Story. And oh, okay. all of okay. the movie posters are Chucky destroying all of the uh, toys from Toy Story. But they have, yes. what, 15 different posters, and it's all him killing Woody, killing Buzz, killing Slink, you know, <laughs> uh, burning the dinosaur. Right. And I just thought that was, one, how did they get away with that? I don't know. Um, but two, just just funny, you know? Yeah, so I think clever. there's enough changes that they made to get, like, if you look at Woody's outfit on the one where he's, like, dragging Woody behind him, there's, they changed the colors, but it's, obviously, the, the outfit of Woody is so ingrained in, in pop culture that most people probably didn't even notice that his shirt was red instead of yellow, but it's still that checkered pattern with the hat, so you, you get it. And then I think some of the toys are so generic that there's no way Disney would have a lawsuit, like the Slinky Dog. Like the Slinky Dog was a thing before. I mean, that's where Toy Story got its inspiration. So that I don't right. think Disney can just claim the broken piggy bank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you said marketing, I immediately went to like trailers and stuff. Where I was like, oh, those sucked. But then I, I completely forgot about the the poster campaign. So yeah, for anybody listening who hasn't seen those, just go Google probably like Child's Play Toy Story posters. And yeah, Carson's right. It's 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 a great campaign what they did. They should have done a more effective job because I feel like that was online only. But I wish there was a way that they could have work those in to be more of like a mass media campaign because i think they would have had yeah, i don't, I don't know that. where else you would have would have put those um i i agree but uh, i thought it was very very just clever <laughs> yeah it is it was it was very very clever i will give you that that's a good that's a good award and it's not like it's uh it was going for the same audience that toy story audience was so i don't think they're no you know, it's not like it was a competing company 
you know, saying our cartoon movie, Ugly Dolls is better than Toy Story, you know, right. As who saw Ugly yep. Dolls, but that I think they just let it go. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, well, like, and I think it's funny, too, that Toy Story's uh, main kid is named Andy or was named Andy. Right. And then Andy is in Child's Play. Yeah. <laughs> so would you give it? So I'm giving it the most distracting special effects of 2019. What? Yes. Of all because... the special, crappy special effects that we've gotten, that's mm-hmm. the most distracting? Yes. Yep. Because I was even going back and looking at it, and I know Hellboy had some brutal special effects. Just yes. awful. God awful. The, uh, what did we call the, the thing that happens in the end? It was like some kind of poop, puke, spirit conjuring thing. That was real, real bad. Yeah, but the centipede that yeah that yeah the human centipede poltergeist uh but that only happened a, a couple of times right in this case you have oh no no, no 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 the whole movie was daniel harbour and then green screen of crap oh yeah sure but but there were even moments where like i i kind of just bad cgi is one thing where i'm like okay th- yes this does suck the problem i had with chucky was He's one of the main characters, if not the main character of the movie. And I'm not saying it's the worst special effects. I'm saying it's the most distracting because every scene that Chucky appeared in, literally every scene, I just, I could not get past his design. I, I, it bothered me in every scene. I'm not saying it was poorly done in the sense that it's like bad green screen or bad CGI. Like it's just bad design of what they went with they like the implementation seems fine but the design is terrible and if i'm sitting there watching a movie where the main character every time i'm having a problem with even looking at on screen uh it just it graded on me more than the other ones with like bad cgi and hellboy you're just like all right get on with it like this is so bad like this one graded me more than it did in hellboy well i disagree because hellboy was far more distracting to me of this might have been a cool scene and it was every scene because every scene they had other characters that were that were fake and that was that was far worse except that was the entire movie and i i got over chucky a little bit apparently faster than you did um because you're <laughs> right. still not um but it was uh no i think it's hell <laughs> i mean when we're getting into these worst awards it's hard not to give almost everything to hellboy but um i don't think this was as distracting as other movies we've seen. Oh, yeah, I, I disagree. It, it bothered me every scene. And not, that's not to say that Hellboys didn't either, but at some point I got numb to Hellboys' bad CGI once they set the precedent in like, the giant fight that this is what we're rolling out. With the uh, doll design, it just it kept bothering me over and over again. And I don't, I don't know whether it was the Stewie Griffin eyes that bothered me or... <laughs> The weird mouth. I, I don't know what it was, but something just really, really bothered me the whole time. And I, I guess maybe also because I felt like it shouldn't have been that hard to come up with a better design for the doll. Right. And why even try to go better? <laughs> yeah, just bring the original doll back. Yeah, it's just a doll's face. You know, I don't know. So what, yep. uh, if you like this movie, you would also like... So I, I went super generic on this, but I kind of went down the route of horror reboots that don't really do anything to improve upon the original... Um, you know, you maybe walk away saying, okay, that was fine, but I prefer the original. And I landed on the Friday the 13th reboot from probably about 10 years ago, where you've got Jason back. And in this case, you've got Chucky back. 
you're kind of hitting all the same beats. There's probably a little bit of differences here and there because they're going to update some stuff or make slight tweaks. But in the end, you still get a Jason movie, probably even similar to the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, where, again, you're hitting some of the same beats. You've got Freddy Krueger. You might make a few changes here and there. But in the end, you just kind of get something that feels like it's hearkening back to the original, but just not quite as good, and you still prefer the original. So, yeah. If you like this Chucky movie, you might like that Friday the 13th remake or even the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. And and I'm going to differ with you a bit on that because I think the shift of how Chucky is Chucky truly changed the franchise or truly changed this movie. While Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street stuck with, you know, Freddy's in your, in your dreams. And if he kills you in your dreams, you know, you're dead. Jason, pretty easy. He's a drowned kid who comes back for revenge slasher guy michael myers same idea he's just a slasher kind of guy his background's still the same it took away a little bit of the supernatural from him but he's a guy who's killing people chucky turned from a serial killer to a robot you know yes to ai and it just changed the whole feel for me and i feel like that's a you'd have to difference there. You would have to assume that by changing that, they would have changed the writing. What I'm saying is, if you forget that original piece of it, you're still left with a murderous doll running around, stabbing and killing people and terrorizing a little kid. Maybe not little kid in this case. But from that point on, if you set aside their origins, like even if you had changed Freddy's origin or Jason's origin, they essentially become those types of movies where it's a slasher that's running around killing things. Now, are there going to be subtle differences because of the way they do things? Yeah, but in the end, it's still a murderous doll running around. And did you really do anything that drastically different to change, you know, the DNA of the movie at that point? To to me, no, you didn't. You still you were still left with a murderous doll running around, and you 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 probably left some stars on the table by not going the route that you're saying with the the serial killer soul, but. On the surface, you're still left with a a slasher of a little doll running around terrorizing people, and I don't feel like it's that drastically different than the original in that regard. See, I think, it, and so when you compare that to the others, like in each of these cases, I'm saying that the original Friday the Thirteenth, the original Nightmare on Elm Street, and the original Child's Play are all better than the reboots we got too. Well, I think that's an oversimplification of what this movie is, uh, and so that's. Uh, I don't think that Child's Play needs to be made complex, but no, I'm just oh, saying. You're you're like, saying oh, okay. just a, it's a it's a slasher running around murdering people, you know. But I think the why is very important, and yeah, I wouldn't disagree with you, but not enough to change my recommendation is what I'm saying. Well, I went with if you like this movie, then you'd like iRobot, and I went straight from the it's a. It ended up being a generic, these robots that are in, in your home, helping you everyday life, and then they get corrupted, go evil, you know, and then you have to fight them all. And that's essentially what, mm-hmm. what they even have a red glowing light in their chest now, because red symbolizes right. evil, you know, and it's just, it's, I mean, there's probably a hundred different movies that you could compare to this. Uh, iRobot's the one that comes to my mind the most. Um, it's more, again, this term almost more sci-fi than horror. Uh, you'd mentioned before that it was a, it's that not quite horror leans more sci-fi, uh, Black Mirror type thing, I guess. That's why I went iRobot. It's not a great parallel uh, from the demographic who would enjoy. The, <laughs> the, the same time, I think iRobot's a much better movie, but I think if you liked iRobot, I don't think you'd like this, but I think the other way around you might. 
Sure, maybe. I, I think though that the, the big issue with that is the horror elements, right? Like Chucky in Child's Play definitely goes hard R on its gore. So if you are not a gore person, yeah, um, or maybe if the other way around, if you are a gore person, and that's what really helped you with this movie is some of the you know brutal scenes and that, that you're not going to get that in iRobot. Yeah, Sonny um, doesn't cut so off I, Will Smith's face and put it on a right. pumpkin. Right. So I get what you're saying conceptually from the AI standpoint, because yes, this movie has a lot of that sci-fi AI to its makeup. But yeah, if you're somebody who's one of those horror buffs that we were talking about in the beginning, and that's why you like Child's Play, I don't see you necessarily liking iRobot just based on the sci-fi premise. And then even going the other way, if you're somebody who liked iRobot, because of some of the sci-fi elements, but you're not a horror person, you're not going to like Child's Play. So I, I see the narrow line you're walking there, and I won't disagree with it, but I think there's a, a wide range of people that will not fall into liking those buckets on either side. You know, and I, and I think I've seen all of Bicentennial Man, but I don't remember him <laughs> going rogue yeah. and, and killing animals, um, but no. he might have. I, I, don't, I don't remember that movie well enough to remember I, that. <laughs> I, I will say, I think... I think it's really hard to recommend non-horror movies for horror movie fans and vice versa because horror is just such an interesting genre that I think that's why I felt constrained to give my recommendation to stay inside the horror movie genre because it's just such a unique thing that when you step outside of it, there's, it's hard to get parallels to a, a non-horror movie when you're talking about a horror movie. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, but the, I'm, there are plenty of horror movies that are robots gone bad. And I, oh, I yeah. don't even know if uh, Ex Machina is a horror movie, more of a sci-fi movie, but it has, yeah. you know, those types of things. But it, it, again, it's the generic, it's a, it's a robot that we built with good intentions and now it's trying to kill us, you know? Yeah. It's been done a billion times before. Yeah. So no, thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it then for our episode on the 2019 remake of child's play thanks everybody for listening uh carson where can they find you on twitter at carson graph with two f's frank <laughs> frank i do like how you spell it out because i have to do that on mine too because nobody knows how to spell my name so you can find me at at two views garrett g-a-r-r-e-t-t uh, you can find the show on twitter facebook and instagram at at two views movies or you can email us at twoviewsmovies at gmail.com don't forget to subscribe to the show via apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify or wherever you listen and then be sure to leave a review on apple Podcasts. it helps spread the word about the show and lets everyone know that you're a fan and gets us uh noticed helps us out tremendously publicity wise so what do we got coming up next carson we got toy story 4 followed by our 100th episode on 4th of july and that that's the two those are the two that are coming all right that's what you can expect from us coming up we'll catch you next time What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both!